0: Hey, hey, it's Andy honest and you're listening to another episode of Let's Rage Coots presented by Hoop and Holler and Star Pizza. Joining me from Go Foods, Ryan Monceau. I got it. I got it. I got it right. With the kids
1: dab now. Is that what they do? Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully we wish this was, uh, on a happier note, Houston falls in their regular season finale. AAC, they, AAC finale. Ever. Yeah. Last time last time ever played in, in the American Athletic Conference in that conference schedule, but it came to an end. They fell to Tulsa 37-30. right before we get into any specifics, I'll just toss it over to you. What were your thoughts on the game and the to
1: I was very excited finish. about today, Andy. I thought this went really well for the University of Houston and its fans, the dozens of people that showed up tonight. Um, I don't understand how you can lose to three private schools in your league. You nearly lost to a fourth in Rice. This team starts over next year. The quarterback leaves, your best receiver leaves. You get ultimate Caskel back, but well, I mean, where do you go? There's a lot you're losing, a lot on the defensive line. Uh, your senior linebacker. You 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 start with Sam Houston and Rice and UTSA, and then Tulsa or TCU's in there. It could get ugly. I mean, you're going to beat Sam Houston. You're probably going to beat Rice. Well, maybe going to beat UTSA, but where do you go? But before you get to that, you just went seven and five. You're supposed to be a New Year's six team. You're supposed to be a New Year's six team, Andy. And you go seven and five, you're going to end up in Frisco or Fort Worth or Shreveport or who knows. It's unacceptable. And we'll see if Chris Pesman forces any decisions on this football program. You've got to make changes. And I don't think you make changes just to say, we made these changes. You make changes because things are broken. Offense look great against some really terrible teams. You lost to Tulsa, but your, your five wins in the conference are way down at the bottom. They're not the teams at the top. UCF, Tulane, Cincinnati, you didn't beat any of them. You didn't beat SMU. You're beating the bottom dwellers. Well, there's no these teams in the Big 12. There's just not. Kansas is the worst team, and they creamed you. You can't compete with Kansas State where they're at now, TCU where they're at now, Texas, Baylor. You didn't beat Texas Tech. Where do you go? And U of H had over 500 yards tonight. U H got a punt return for a touchdown and still only scored 30 points. Still lost. I, there's just, it shouldn't happen. And besides the punt return, special teams were absolute garbage. You had a 12 yard punt. You missed a field goal. I don't understand what was going on in the, the returns in the first half. You kept switching out between Dell and Jace Rogers on punt return. Okay, why? It just doesn't seem like there was any rhythm, anything that made sense. Why you're returning it from the end zone? And the defense, and they got gashed. The one week respite, the one week where everything was fine with the defense, that was that wasn't real, you know. SMU isn't real. Like that's not who you are. But you're also not the team that gave up only three points. I, and there's a lot of offense in the Big Twelve, and there's, I mean, I don't understand where you go from here. Was that long enough? Was that's that good. good? That was okay. perfect. Okay, that was perfect. I'm a little red faced cool. right now. That's that's not a metaphor. Just, yeah,
0: but. It, so when you start with changes, and like you said, there's so many areas where you don't even know where to start. And I think, well, I guess we'll start with the defense because that, that's that been the unit that just fell off a cliff from where it was a season ago. And really, if there's if there's someone that's going to be the fall guy, and I know you made a great point about the offense, they were able to make a good run against bottom-of-the-barrel defenses. Terrible. But the defense – Outside of that East Carolina game last week, terrible. were atrocious.
1: 118. Defense before ECU, I think. It's not going to, you're going to be over 100. That's not good. You get quarterback pressure. You get tackles for loss. But then you get whooped on the corners. It, it doesn't make any sense that this defensive line can be as good as they are and then just get beat outside. I, I don't know where you go with this defense. I don't know what kind of changes you make. Dana's very loyal to certain guys, his guys. And that's fine. You've gotta be loyal to your people. But something has to change. Your record last year was built on beating bad teams. Your record this year is built on beating bad teams. Those teams don't exist in the Big 12. You could be a two- or three-win team next year. You could go, I don't think you go over, but you could you could win one game. You could go one and eight. And I don't think the solution, I see it in Twitter, I see it on these comments, the solution is not to fire Dana. That's not happening. You can't keep going back to Tillman Fertitta and saying, oh, we'll just pay for this one other thing. Just pay for it. The- just, just, it ain't happening. This is not. I, I But there have to be changes. I don't think it's a Belk. I think you depend on him for recruiting such as it is. And you trusted him enough to give him a two-year deal or three-year or whatever it is. Um, I don't know where the changes come from. I don't even know if there's anybody in the department that can force these changes, but something has to, something has to give. Eat Star Star Pizza.
0: pizza. (laughs) I mean, that's a perfect segue for our two sponsors today's episode of Let's Rage Hoops. Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougar Sports Micro Collective. They are the entity behind those Star Pizza commercials. And it's going to be a good thing because I guess that the, the very slim positive that there was to this game, the defensive line—they had three sacks, they had eight tackles for loss, and DeAnthony Jones had his sack. Who uh, he's well, the one? First
1: he had a sack down at this end zone. He had a sack down at that end zone. He was not credited for the first one. He wasn't credited for one last week, and wasn't credited for one I think against SMU. We got to start crediting people for their sacks. Back to you, Andy.
0: Well, as wow. I, I just gave a shout-out to Star pizza and Hoopahler for being sponsors. They were sponsors for the entire football regular season. So, we, like you said, we still have one game left with whatever bowl game um, Houston ends up playing. But I think kind of wind down, and we're going to toss it over to Dana Holgers in a second, but we were both in that post-game conference, and it's – There was a bit of something that he's repeated all season long. We weren't prepared. We got out-coached. We got out-played. We got... He said the other team
1: team wanted it more. And he said the same thing. It, It meant more to the opponent. It meant more to Tulsa. He said the same thing about SMU. He said the same thing about Tulane. Well, why does it mean more to them? You get the same opportunities... Why does that mean more? It should mean just as much more because it's your guys. And if you're able to say so often we got out coached. Well, that's a problem. We got outplayed. They wanted it more. Well, besides coaching and playing and wanting it more, what else is there?
0: Segway, Dana. I mean that's a perfect survey because I'm gonna toss it over to Houston Cougars football head coach Dana Holgorsen post game, final regular season post game show. His Clipper, here's what he
2: had to say. You know, just a uh, disappointing uh, end to a hard fought, you know, disappointing season. Obviously, didn't meet expectations. Um, thought we had enough left in the tank uh, to you know win this one last one and. And finish six and two and tied for second, which isn't the goal, but um, you know I thought it was obtainable. Um, we got out, coach. We got outplayed. Uh, give Tulsa credit. Um, you know, you've seen that a lot this year. Um, you know, this was what the forty-fifth time that we've played. Uh, the series has been back and forth, and it meant a lot to them. Uh, so I give them credit. They did a better job of getting their guys ready. To play. First question, right here. Dana, what, was it a matter? You know, you go from last week to this week. Was it just a matter of things? Run, you just run out of, of gas. You, you know, it's late like in the year. The guys are hurt. Yeah, I think that. I think that. I think that's just reality with what 2022 is in the season. Just you know, it's been hard fought. I I, I I love this team. It's a they're they're hurt in there right now because they care. Oh. You know, we we prepped the right way. We, you know, we just we just didn't get it done. You know, I mean, not going into details as far as you know why we're out of gas or whatever it is. It's just you know it's a hard fought year. I mean, this ball didn't bounce our way, Um, but we were resilient and we didn't quit. And I'm proud of the fact that we didn't quit. Uh, And we just kept fighting. You know, and. Just, I, I just thought we would, I thought we could get this win and, and finish, you know, winning six of the last seven and putting ourselves in a position where we can, you know, at least hope, you know, you know, you know keep our head high and, and be proud of how we finished and we just couldn't do it. I'm just very disappointed. Uh, the players are disappointed. The coaches are disappointed that, that we didn't finish it the way that we Dana, earlier in the week, you talked about just all the senior class had gone through. What was sort of your message to them after you know this disappointing way? I'm sorry, didn't get done. Didn't finish it the way that we wanted to. It's all we talked about all week. You know, uh, doing what you got to do to finish it the right way. It's all we talked about. You know, and just didn't make enough plays. Uh, you know, gave up too much. Another, um, he just kind of. Yeah. That's what happened yeah, they were I mean, we, we knew that they were gonna do that. They they played a bend, don't break, defense, drop gate, you know, and we gotta be patient. It gets harder the more condensed the space becomes in the red zone, the harder it becomes. And we've been really good this year at executing in the red zone with touchdowns. We didn't execute worth crap in the red zone when it came to scoring touchdowns. Is that the difference in the game? Yeah, probably. I mean, we moved the ball, uh, but when we get down there, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta punch it in, and we didn't. You know, says we're four or five, but you know, I mean, one field goal, three, two field goals? I don't remember what it was, We didn't score touchdowns, and that sucks. That's one of the keys of the game, and we didn't do a good enough job. Couple more questions. Dana, okay,
0: I want to get your thoughts on how you feel the defense performed against Tulsa.
2: It's, I think as a, we win as a team, we lose as a team. We didn't play good enough as a team. I mean, you know, that we got some stops. You know, we didn't tackle great. Um, we're allergic to turnovers. Um, you know, but then offensively, I can sit there and complain about a lot of stuff like I just did in the red zone not being able to score touchdowns. So we didn't play good enough as a team.
0: So once again, that was Houston Cougars. Head coach Dana Holgerson following Houston's thirty-seven to thirty loss to Tulsa in their regular season finale. I wanna jump right into that point where he said obviously a disappointing season, a disappointing end to season where they didn't get to meet their expectations. That in and of, of itself in just that comment, it was a change from what he said just a couple of weeks ago. He was asked directly about I know they, they had just qualified, they had become bowl eligible after the win. Um I believe it was against South Florida, and he talked about Oh, what expectation? Expectations that were put by others outside of the program, which uh, that in and of itself, we talked about it. It was the players themselves. They said they wanted to do what they they failed short of last season, which was get to the American Athletic Conference Championship game, what they achieved last season, but this time win it. And they fell short of that. That's they mentioned it themselves. Um, they didn't come really anywhere close to that American Athletic Conference Championship game. And I know that there was a, there was a slim chance. There was really no hope, especially in regards to once uh, once UCF won, that hope was lost. But Houston really had no realistic shot at being able to make that conference championship. And it certainly was a very major fall from what they were all talking about when it came to the summer, the training camp. So it, it's good to hear that Dana Horwitz acknowledged it. But the problem is, well, what are you going to do, about it?
1: Number one. You don't do that fawning ESPN profile in August if you don't have expectations. Yeah. You don't come out and say, I don't care what people think, if you don't think you're going to do a lot of stuff, to where you don't have to care what people think. And obviously, every team has expectations. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We. That's fine. But to come out and say, we don't have expectations to your fans is just – It's insulting. And it's happened in a lot of different ways this year. Oh, we can't run the offense that way anymore. Well, well, that's all they've done in the last three or four weeks. Uh, You ran it a lot, I think, against Temple. But otherwise, SMU, East Carolina, this week, it was spread them out and throw it around, which is great. That's what people want. That's why when Dana came here at the end of the 2017 season, that's what people are excited about. They thought you were getting Case Keenum and and Pat Edwards and Tyrone Carey. They thought you were getting that offense. Well, you're not. You don't have those guys. And the game has changed, it has evolved, but you can still throw it around. I mean, plenty of people are still doing that. Expectations are important. And I think you have to have them. And you have to embrace them and tell your fans look, we have expectations. We have expectations to do this and this and this. And we failed. He talks a lot about, I'm so proud we tried hard. You don't get paid $4 million a year to try hard. It's just not what happens. It's not what anybody here cares for. That's great. I mean, it's cool that you tried against Tulsa. You got to be better than just we tried. And I get frustrated hearing those things because – I wouldn't accept them in my personal life or in business or anything else. Will the people above him, the people that fire coaches that go eight and four, they go? Seven and five. Do those people finally demand change? Do they demand better? We'll see.
0: That's, that's the perfect segue because on that topic of those higher-ups that do make those decisions, it just – this this is just an entire – the whole night has been just one big – will going to keep it PG. It's been a crapshoot for this program and this team. The way the game ended, post-game, it was the, the altercation with Sam Brown. I haven't um, talked about that. Which which we're about to because okay. in regards to Chris Pesman. Um, <laughs> so the, the – the TV camera, or I guess the the ESPN crew, caught Sam Brown with a Tulsa player, and I don't know exactly who it was, but he ended up slapping the Tulsa player. Uh, Dana Horgerson wasn't aware of it until Joseph Dorter of the Houston Chronicle asked him about it, and he flat out said, uh, I haven't seen it, We're, no one on our staff is aware of it. So they get made aware of it. The athletic director, I guess, the vice president for athletics, Chris Pesman, he tweets out an apology, and I'm, I guess, you're you're trying to pull it up right now. I'm trying to, to get it. Uh, so he
1: tweeted out the statement that says, "We're going to look into this," which is the basic thing you do when you don't have an answer. And I was just somebody told me this that when you put your your phone into carplay for some reason it takes a screenshot of the song that you're listening to and he was listening to a song and I've never heard of this song what's your fire and that's kind of weird but he deleted it that's fine whatever but there's no answers and that's fine do it tomorrow I understand it's midnight I should have been in bed four hours ago But it's just, it's emblematic of what this program is. And you walk 250 yards that way, and there's a program built on culture. There's a program built on expectation, living up to the expectation. And a coach that says pretty plainly, if we don't live up to our expectations and your expectations, we'll tell you about it and we'll fix it. And they pretty much do. And it's so hard to go from covering that to covering this because there's a huge disconnect. And football coaches and ads talked about alignment a lot. The football coach, the AD, the president all have to be aligned. Well, so do the basketball coach and the AD and the president. And I don't understand how this football program and this basketball program can both be aligned. Obviously, they're not. And obviously, there's a big issue with where this football program is. That's all I got, Andy. Back yeah. to you.
0: Well, I think the difference in between where the programs are, it lies in that incident with Sam Brown in and of itself. Because you're never going to see a player on the men's basketball team go up and, and slap someone else. And I think...
1: We had a biting incident a couple of years ago. remember in Cincinnati. You did. Uh, <laughs> and, and the coaches were not... They didn't think that happened. And once they found out, they within 24 hours, they held him accountable. And the way that Kelvin Sampson dealt with that, it, he pretty much challenged, I think it was Tajay.
0: Dejan. Was. Dejan,
1: I'm sorry. Damn it. Whoops. Star pizza. What? Where are uh, on <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, uh, you know, he, he made a big deal out of it. And guess what? It got fixed. It got fixed immediately. And it was such an isolated incident that you can overlook it. Right now in this program, the isolated incident is 12 and 2. Because everything else looks the same, 12 and 2 is the outlier. And that's where the real problem is. Are we raging? We're raging
0: okay. and here, but, but here's the thing when it comes to the market, because there, that's a great point where you mentioned that 12 and two, that's the outlier. And like you mentioned at the top of the show, it's going to be fun. You're in the American athletic conference. Now they're, they're stepping up a game now, the, the biggest thing, and this, this is from my perspective, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Throughout this entire season, whenever things didn't go well, even starting uh, when they lost to Texas Tech, when they lost to Kansas, because that was, I know, whenever it happened, and it, what a coincidence that they had a Brett Yarmark visit kind of sandwiched somewhere in between there. Um, but when they lost to Tech and they lost to Kansas, the thing that Dana Hogerson would say during his post-game availability, and even, um, I mean, he has to apologize um after when it came to, to his weekly Monday press conferences, but it would be time for me to say, hey, that's the that shows that we're we're at a gap, we're at a difference and we have to get better, we have to recruit better, which even if it's true, I feel like it's true. Oh absolutely it's true. It's but true. but how if you were a current player for for the current staff and you hear that this season, that doesn't necessarily instill confidence in Hogerson Wook. Well, at least you would think, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that.
1: Well, there shouldn't be confidence. What are you confident in? Dana comes out and says every week that we prepared the right way. Okay, where? You know, how is that preparing the right way? You look gangbusters in the first half. And at halftime, Tulsa made adjustments. You didn't. Tulsa didn't do a ton on offense in the second half, but they didn't need to. They did enough. Uh, you got down there. You went for it on fourth and six at the 21. What's that about? I don't understand going for it on fourth and six. If it's fourth and three or fourth and four, the numbers say that's doable. Fourth and six is a whole different thing. It, it's not a long field goal, and that field goal changes the way the rest of the game happens. My thing is there should be no confidence. And again, going back to across the street. If there. Are, um, if Kelvin Sampson has a problem with the way you play. He talks about it with you, but he also talks about it in public. He talks about it with the media. He puts the pressure on you. You need to change. We're doing this my way. We're doing it the same way. I've done it for 34 years. You have to change. And he does it a lot to freshmen and sometimes some guys in sophomore, junior years, but he's never saying that about seniors because those guys know what they're supposed to do, and it's been beaten into them. This team, I don't know. And they're getting a bowl game, and I'm very thankful that the fans are only subjected to this one more time
0: oh man we're we're raging but uh, again to that point you made about the culture it's something that Calvin Thompson always talks about um regardless of who the player is they don't care if it's a five star or if it's a transfer or anyone it's the phrase that he says you're going to submit to our culture the problem with the football team right now and this is year four under Dana Holgerson, they don't really have that type of identity like what what when you think of this version of the Houston Cougars under Dana Hogerson, what's their identity? You don't really – there's nothing that comes to mind specifically. Sorry,
2: I had
1: a word. I had a, I had a word that came to mind. From week to week for four years, I've not known what to expect. Over there, I know what to expect. Today was an aberration. They didn't have it. The entire team had been sick all week. But they still won. This team, who expected last week? Nobody. Not the coaches, not the players, not anybody watching this. SMU, who expected to score 66 and lose? Nobody. Who expected to give up the most points ever in school history? Nobody. You just don't know what to expect. You play. UTSA in this close game in 100 overtimes, and then you go do it the same thing against Texas Tech, you're not going to look good the third week, just the way college football is. And you didn't. But then you look bad against Rice. You look bad against Tulane. You look bad, you look bad, you look bad. You played seven one-score games this year. That's weird. And you played some last year, too. Uh, East Carolina, SMU, both here. It, it's just, they never get up. You always play down to the guys you're playing against. And I guess that would be my identity for this program, is that you just try to do enough instead of to excel, to be the absolute best. And Kelvin Sampson has ruined a generation of Cougar fans because they're going to expect too much now. And that is a blessing and it's a curse. And for this right here, it's certainly the curse.
0: And even even to the point you said today was a bit of an aberration for the men's basketball team. But even then, they still had their identity. They had their calling card. They they won because they were able to defend for as bad of a shooting night that they had Kent State shot worse, and they out-rebounded him. They got 23 rebounds, and a big reason why Jairus Walker didn't play a lot of minutes is because he wasn't, you know, like we mentioned earlier, he wasn't doing what Kelvin Sampson wanted, In particularly when it came to that rebounding, um, one thought that comes into my mind, it was one rebound that it looked like Jairus could have gotten. He wasn't able to track it down. At Kent State got it. it bought them an extra possession and Samson was furious he immediately put in Reggie Cheney and again that goes to to the accountab- accountability standpoint now you've been covering you've been around the football program and, and going and even going when Samson first um, took over this is Dana Hogerson's fourth year when it was Samson's fourth year that would have put him at around the 2018 2019 yeah, in the tournament. Um, exactly when the he There was was already that blueprint of, one, they already had the identity of that blue-collar mindset mentality. But two, you were starting to see the building blocks of, you know, really the the early building blocks of where they are now. And you haven't really seen that with the football team.
1: You haven't seen it in recruiting. You haven't seen it in on-the-field product. You haven't seen it in growing what you can do. And some of that is understandable and can be accepted. If you market your program, people at U of H don't like when you talk about Tom Herman. They don't like that name. They don't like what it connotes. But what it did is a fierce energy around the program. It it created excitement. It built hype. And then they lived up to the hype. And those two teams, even though. The second year, people think that it was just this horrible year. Won nine games. It there was just so much more to the program, and we can go into a thousand different ways. It's different, Um, but this program is not moving forward. It's not. There's no building blocks. It's not stacking on top of each other. It's just one displaced effort after another. One, we made a little step and then we're going to go crap the bet against Rice or get blown out by Kansas or lose to SMU and Tulane and Tulsa for the first time, all three in the same year. It just, if you're getting blown out by Texas and Texas A&M and LSU, that's one thing. But you're losing games to SMU and Tulane and Tulsa. And Great, it was only twenty points between the three. Fine, whatever. You lost. And you don't pay a guy four million dollars and you don't give him huge security to achieve so little.
0: That's the that's the great point because that's been the question of really um, heading into off season, it's something I'm a I'm a plug in our other show, folks talking sports. Which Chris, if you're listening to this playback, by the way, uh, before before we uh, before I do give the out, I do want to uh, spotlight like Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougar Sports Micro Collective, for being at one of two sponsors on the show, and obviously, of course, Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. Have you gotten some Star, star Pizza? What you, is it is a Houston fed pizza from 1973.
1: Well, I I was born in seventy nine, so I can't vouch for the first three years. But I liked it, you know, for quite a while. I like that that location on Shepherd. They got the new one over there on Washington. That's fine. That's great. Now, that Shepherd one. That's got that's got uh, some grit, and it's got hot rice girls. And so that's the one that I choose to go to. Be- is it getting darker?
0: They, they I think a couple of
1: less. Uh oh.
0: They're trying to get us to get the heck out. We're still here. We're still here. I'm not
1: leaving. We're four hours, four and a half hours past my bedtime. I'm going all night. Uh, I don't know. Did we tell them this, that, that we went in the locker room and I found a half drink bottle of Red Bull and I just chugged it. And that's why I've got all this energy and I'm ready to rage.
0: Well, the Red Bull. We make. We might need some Red Bull. Those the Wi-Fi at TDC Stadium certainly needs some Red Bull. Once again, I do want to acknowledge that the reason we were delayed, we were we we're originally planning to, to stream at eleven rage, p.m. Rage, we're we're planning rage to rage at eleven. At 11. But we had technical difficulties. For some reason, the Ethernet connections weren't working even inside at TDC Stadium. So if you are watching the show, we've had a, a pretty decent live turnout. Um, and judging from the comments, you guys can hear us. Hopefully, that the stream has been able to be maintained. And we, we appreciate all of you guys that have been able to stick with us. But I'm going to look at, at some of the comments. Um, and, you look
1: at the comments. You have a brand, Rage. You need to use that. Uh, not stream rage, rage. rage. That's rage. rage. Okay, yeah, yeah. I need to get a little more rage right here. Well, I'm. The, I think if start you, to, you need to, you need to do this another fifteen or twenty. Just years. to really, really get, get that head churn, head or have head lived head through Dana head. Dimmel. and 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 Major Applewhite as both an offensive coordinator and head coach. That and then Tony Labine. Love Tony Labine as a person.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see where I am five years from now, ten years. Maybe there'll be a lot of rage that, uh, built up. Hopefully, and stored you're
1: up. still sitting to my right at Pakita and my left at TBDCU. You know, in ten years, and and you get this sort uh, of... rage. Yeah, I mean that. That's I'm that's, raging. We're gonna.
0: We're gonna. I'm gonna start getting red. We're gonna have the. We're gonna have more. more but... Anyways, I'm looking at some of the comments and what I want to say. And this has been something that has been brought up not just tonight, but just before. And in particular, is Dana is the right guy to lead Houston's victory? Now, like you said there's not going to be a change. That's not realistic. You can't fire Dana Homerson for two reasons. One, like you alluded to, giving on that contract extension after last season. And what I was going to mention before, the plugs on folks talking sports, because Garner has mentioned in the past. That seems such like a short sighted decision after, granted, the first 2019. 2019, you can, I guess, you can make the argument, you can chuck it out the window because you had the whole Derek King redshirt fiasco
1: brought on by yourself, but whatever. Yeah. That that even, that's there. a whole new rage. That just add on to the rage,
0: but they finished 4 and 8. It is what it is the first year. Second year, COVID, they have the first. Six games of the season canceled. Yeah, um, they they lose to the ranked BYU team. Um, ran Finished three and five. They were bowl eligible, but that season was ravaged by COVID. They they didn't start until October, and then in November they had a random pause because they got hit by COVID.
1: Yeah, you can't hold that season against anybody, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't. But again, build. And there's no building. Uh, even if you were ravaged by COVID, you still were practicing. You were still working. You may not have been playing the games, but you're still working. And no one else is getting that that lanyard, that extra. Uh, Dana shouldn't get that. On the contract extension, he had language in his contract about the Big 12, about a good faith negotiation. And that's fine. Did they maybe give him too much on the years? Maybe. But you're you're not he's not going anywhere. And I just I won't even have the conversation because it's just it's it's useless. It's like talking about the scenarios which U of H could have made it in a conference champ. It's useless because it's not happening. And mathematically they're both possible. Maybe, but it's not
0: going to happen. So. In regards to that point and, and the heart. So like uh, the, the extension, they gave him uh, multiple more years to, to stick around. But the question here that's been asked is if he's the right guy. There's, there's just a lot of questions if he's the right guy to lead him into the Big 12 now. Um,
1: there's two separate things. Is he staying and is he the right guy? And one can be yes, and one can be, I still don't know. And he's talked a lot about changes are coming. And he hasn't wanted to talk about it because the season was happening. Well, they're in a dead period now. They can't go on the road recruiting. They can't do anything through the championship games. Perfect. It's time to assess. And it's time to make decisions. And at this point, you've got to make them public. You've got to tell your fan base what it is you're going to do, what it is the plan is. And do I expect that? No, but I think it's going to happen because I think the people that matter, and it ain't you and me, and it ain't the people watching, but the people that matter are probably pretty pissed off. And... They're probably tired of watching this. And I think you have seen a quietness from Reno Couture, and I think something's going to happen in the background. Can't promise it, but that's just my gut feeling.
0: That's a great point, because when it comes to Reno Couture specifically, we haven't really heard of her. Since they had, um, I mean, honestly, since they had the extension, they were going to continue to name TDC Stadium, TDC Stadium. That's the last time I remember she was out in public, um, at least when it relates to athletics and, and specifically the at least the football uh, landscape. So that, that's a great point. But I think that's, if you can't fire Dana, that's where all the eyeballs go, is the administration and, okay, what, if you're not going to fire them, are you going to set, Expectations that okay, we're heading into the Big 12. Renu Couture and Chris Pesman have both said, and they said it whenever they announced the naming rights to TDC Stadium. Their goal is not to go into the Big 12 just to celebrate. Yeah, we're congratulations, we're finally power five. Renu Couture specifically she said they want Houston to compete once they get there and specifically compete and when it comes to football because, I mean, let's be honest, that's where the money revolves around it's college football. If you have a good college football program, that's going to bring a lot of success to the university as a whole. So now the eyeballs turn to them. You mentioned, you alluded to it. We fire coaches at eight and four when they finish seven and five. So at best, they can do eight and five. That's going to be worse than they alluded to. And that's kind of come back to that, that comment in and it of itself has come back and resurfaced lately, but in particular, because of just the, the, the frustration, that's really the main thing, the frustration around this season. A lot of people are going to, like you mentioned, especially uh, when it comes to whoever may be raging with us on S-Rage Cougs, I'm going to start marketing that, that will be watching. All these fans, they're going to be looking at, at the admin and say, okay, if you don't fire them, are they going to be, what exactly will be the reaction? Because I feel, like you said, there's there's been a lot of quietness around this season, especially once things went south after the Kansas game. And you got it. You got it.
1: Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, Chris Pesman is not an interview guy. He's not a make-a-statement guy. He's not a... He's just not going to do anything to step out of line. He comes from a, a, his career in the past has been kind of in the background in facilities and things like that. He was an operations director here. He, he just operates in a different way than what a lot of fans would want. And I think he's got to make an effort to connect with the fans to start showing that they hear and they're going to be proactive. Um, This football team is not marketed. It's not marketed by the head coach. It's not, you can market it within the U of H community, but that only goes so far. It's just like asking for dollars from the same people over and over and over again. Well, it just becomes an echo chamber. You've got to market it citywide and back to tom herman that's what he did better than anyone kelvin Sampson markets his team by winning by competing at the very highest level and if that's how you want to market it that's perfectly fine by me but you've got to get there and you're nowhere close if you can't do that you've got to be active in the community you've got to be accessible you've got to open your program up to let the people in, in whatever way that happens. I go to basketball practice three times a week. I see two games a week. Even before I'm doing NIL stuff, I'm around the program four or five days a week. I'm getting access to players. I went Friday to practice, and I didn't know who to talk to because they'd heard from two guys in the game Sunday, heard from two guys at practice Tuesday, heard from... Kelvin on Friday. I mean, who do you talk to? Because you talk to kind of everybody that played at Oregon. So who do you talk to? It's almost too much access. This program is the complete opposite. 10 minutes, 15 minutes with the head coach on Mondays. A Zoom on Tuesday with the defensive coordinator and two players, three players. And then 10 minutes after a game. And that's not access. That's not helping people understand what's going on. If you've seen the Zooms, you see that there's two or three players that dug Belt, And you see Holgerson on Monday. Well, what do you see stories from, from you, from the Chronicle, from the Daily Cougar? You see what Dana talked about Monday, what Belt talked about Tuesday, what the players talked about Tuesday. And, because there is nothing else. And, With the basketball program, you interviewed Kellen Sampson for five or eight minutes the other night. Where do you where does that happen? And is this some big ultra plan thing that you did? No, you said, hey, Kellen, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah, let's go. That's the kind of thing that this program needs. Now, it needs to win more than anything else. And it needs to recruit. And it needs to excite people. After 12-2, and your fan base expanded this way, but it didn't get deeper. And after that Texas Tech loss, it evaporated. And then Kansas was way worse. Who's going to be excited going into next year? Are you going to be outdrawn? You're going to play Texas and Texas Tech at home. Are you going to be outdrawn by those two programs? I don't think you're going to be outdrawn by TCU. Uh, but there's no excitement around the program and that has to build back to basketball. The most, the thing that I was most impressed with today was that holiday crowd. You are a holiday weekend, big crowd. Uh, in the second half, it was, it was 80 to 90% full which just doesn't happen a ton, And it certainly doesn't happen on a holiday. That is because of what you've built and sustained. Now it's also a little bit because you're number two in the country and a win, everybody thinks you're going to number one. But again, that's what you've built and sustained. That's your marketing of the program. And you just need a lot of that. I'm raging a lot. I got a lot to say. And we're gonna do this until four a.m. I'm just letting you know right now. I don't. We're not. We're, not we're
0: going, going to star four a.m. We
1: need.
0: We need to get some star pizza catering. But they're gonna
1: turn the lights on. They. They're cleaning. They're fine. We're good.
0: We we still got uh, a few minutes left. Once again. Those of you that just may be tuning in or wherever you may be listening to the audio only or even if you're watching the replay on the Houston Raw Bar Review YouTube channel, big shout out to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars, Sports Micro Collective, and Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. We could really use some pizza right now. Once again, the final score, Houston, in the regular season finale. Balls to Tulsa 37 to 30 to fall to 7 and 5 on the season 5 and 3 against the American Athletic Conference um, opponents. Now, this is something that I've seen, and Henry Sandoval, he's, he's brought up this, and I'm going to toss it over to you because you're our, I guess, the resident name, image, and likeness expert for this show. Here's what Henry Sandoval had to say He said, crazy idea, but can we give big money NIL deals to the new
1: recruiting class in regards to football? Um, I'll mean, I just let you take it away. I won't you even- can't, in the state of Texas, you cannot give any NIL money to high school athletes. They have to be on campus. Um, the, a good example is the recruit they just signed at basketball, Lott, right? That's his name, Lot. So he's coming in January. We can't do anything until the day he enrolls in classes and shows up to classes. 10 minutes after he shows up to class, we can do anything we want in IOL wise. But before that moment, no, you can't. And you're not even supposed to promise people. You're not supposed to. Obviously, that happens. Um, it's not going to happen with us because we're going to follow the rules. There's too many eyeballs. There's too many people. Uh, and I just I'm not going to do that. But. And I don't think Landon's going to do that, and certainly Star Pizza since 1976, and Hoop and Hardball. I'm not going to do that. It, you, you can do this the right way. You can, once you start building NIL and doing more with players and having it more exposed and recruits seeing that, that's how you're going to get it moving. Uh, you can't give it to them. But you can say to them, and the coaches can say, look, look what's happening. Look what we're doing. Mattress Max giving a million dollars. These guys are doing this. Free pizza. Free this. Whatever. you can. That can start to build. And it's not going to get you five stars like Jairus Walker. You're going to have to get that on your own. But one of the biggest things in NIL is the wandering eye because guys aren't just looking for more playing time or a better situation. They're looking for the NIL too. And that's what teams are. It used to be negative recruiting. Now it's, we have more NIL, we have more opportunities. And that's the part where U of H is going to win or lose in NIL. Is can you keep your guys, the guys you recruit, the guys that you get on campus? Can you keep them? Kellen Sampson told me a few weeks ago that once you sign a guy, the number one thing is development and the number two thing is retention. And you don't want to develop a guy and then he goes to another program. You don't want to do that. So the way to keep him is you win. You develop him. You keep making him better. And he sees that it's the coaches that are making him better. And you find a way for the NIL to work on the back end. And so with recruits, it's more about them seeing the opportunities that are here. And if you can show them that and then piece it together with, we're the best coaching staff for you. We're the best situation for you. Big 12. Big city, that's that's the way to win in NIL. Does that make sense? Do you like that one? Absolutely. And and Henry Sandoval,
0: oh, we, I mean, it will, it'll be in the audio, it'll be in the audio only version, it'll be on FOSTAM Gemma wherever you get it. And Henry Sandoval says, thank you for the insight in regard to name, image, and likeness deals. It's certainly, I mean, I mean, it's something I and didn't know. You should
1: know. go to HOUNIL.com. You should. Support any of them any way you can. You know what we do. It's content. It's finding ways to build the brand and and to show the personality of players. And it's been awesome. And the guys are awesome. And the women we're working with are awesome. But it has to keep building. There has to be a next level. And it starts $20 at a time. It doesn't start... You know, this isn't Quinn Ewers, this isn't Bijan, it's not million dollar deals. It's $20 at a time. This fan and this fan and this fan, and we all built something together. And it's just like this show and the Pod and Jamma. You didn't hit a button and a million people appeared. You worked and you grinded and you kept building and building and building. And that's the exact same way with NIL. It's going to be a little harder. It's going to be a little more work. But in the end of the day, it's so worth it. And to build something like you're building and to build something like we're building, it's it's so much fun. And there's a lot of people that want it to be a competition versus me, us versus Lincoln Cook. It's not. We do different things. I don't want to do what you do. You probably don't want to do what I do. and I don't want to do what Lincoln Kooks does. I don't have the patience for building those big million dollar relationships. Not me, but I'm really good at the content piece and I'm really good at the ideas and I can do this. I can't do that. And you do this and I do this and it's not competition. And if somebody goes and reads your article, and they'll read mine okay maybe tomorrow it changes that's fine we're also going to eat we're also going to be fine you're still going to sit next to me to the right at pertina to the left at tdecu but uh it's not going to change anything that's just my opinion
0: and at the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. all getting more exposure to the University of Houston Houston Cougar athletes, uh, which is a great point. Now we're going to transition as we start to wrap things up. We're not going to go until four in the morning because I think some of our viewers, um, we're going it to get might a be private stream,
1: and we're going to go to four in the morning.
0: He, he's not joking. He's got he's got it set up. Uh, a, once again, I do want to uh, reiterate that we do thank you that see,
1: you could look like that. How bad that.
0: I, I I hope that we, we haven't, and I'm guessing that we don't look that atrocious because we have been able to maintain a, a consistent audience throughout, which is a sign that at the very least people can hear us and they have been interacting. So that's that's the positive. Um, Are they raging? Does it look like raging? At it? it you know the comments. Henry has been active. I don't know if they've been raging. Sam Sam Benena and man the basketball team. That program is so bad. I can't say it because I, we do have sponsors. We do have something to maintain. But if you are watching the the YouTube version, be sure to to read his full uncensored comment. But. It doesn't look like we have that much rage. We had some rage because some we kept we kept delaying the, the show postponement. We did have some rage in that aspect. Um it wasn't it was the Wi Fi. We had technical difficulties as we I mean, again, it just kind of it really was uh uh encapsulated what, what kind of a night it was uh for the football program. What I was gonna transition to, I do wanna get to some positives, which I mean, after this game, it's hard to pull some, but I think in particular you got to start uh, with Tankdale because I think something they got overshadowed just with the way the game went out. You mentioned it, special teams. Special teams overall they had a, a really terrible night. That they got, I mean, the twelve yard punt by Lane uh, that that probably just sealed the deal in regards to special teams. But he did have. Uh, I'm talking about Tank. He did have the punt return touchdown, his first – the first punt return touchdown for Houston since going back to last season when they played Navy early on in the season. Um, that was Marcus Jones who did it a, a season ago. He had a touchdown. It seems like he's become automatic with his stat line. He's going to have I – mean, he had nine catches. He had 169 yards. He had – um no, I'm looking at the wrong. He had nine catches, 161 yards, and one I touchdown. Was right? I was, yeah, that was Juan Carlos Santana. Who, so by the um, way, look at that, Juan Carlos Santana. That sounds like a baseball player to me. He's like, he's ready to to hit home runs, but he was killing the Cougars with touchdowns. And they they really could have come. He could have had three six, because he dropped he yeah, dropped he the touchdown. So he he, he, he could have had six catches. I think he had. He had I, I can't catches. read that because he, my eyes are terrible. He had six catches for 161 yards. yards.
1: Is what I last saw.
0: Which is correct. And he had two touchdowns. not good.
1: But that's, I mean, that's hitting him in his helmet, in his hands. There were yeah. a lot of drops in this game. You're going to see the stats. It doesn't show that many drops. Uh, I think of H only is credited to you ups, but there were a lot more drops than that. But Tinkdel, i it's going to get overlooked, and it's going to get overlooked for a while. But he had a monster year 100 catches, six touchdowns, I believe, uh, and turned it on. But he didn't catch a touchdown.
0: He yeah. caught one today, but that was his 15.
1: Well, then he had a he had a
0: oh the punt return oh yeah. you're,
1: I guess. You're well we we'll count touchdowns Andy.
0: I thought you were talking about no, no
1: catch and touchdown or total touchdowns not catch but total touchdowns he wanted 15 he's at 16. He's the one guy that can say I hit my metrics I hit my accomplishments. Hit my I wanted to do this. I did it. Uh, Massive yards, massive catches, massive touchdowns. Got the special teams touchdown. Runs free all day. It makes no sense. How he's open all the time. He could have made one or two more in the second half. Could it have made the difference in the game? Yes. But he's not the reason you lost. And... You can point to thirty different things, but he did miss two. He dropped two, but he's not the reason. He did his part. In regards to
0: the future, he was asked decisions uh, that he didn't want to comment on. It. He wanted to keep it private, but
1: just he said he had more sense. thinking to do. He had decisions to make, mm-hmm. and I respect the hell out of that oh, absolutely. because he was honest with you, but he also didn't didn't say something in the spur of the moment in with, you know, just everything going on. I got to think about that. Let me figure it out. And he's got a lot. I mean, there's a lot to weigh, you know, your future career. Plus even here, what's the offense look like? What's the quarterback situation look like? What, you know, and what's the best fit for me? And I, I mean, you've got to have discussions in, in, with position coach, with head coach, with coordinator, with family and, and whatever. And, you know, I mean, he's really good. And one of the few guys around this program since 2016, since Greg Ward left, one of the few guys that you can say, that guy got all he could out of his career if it's ending now. Uh, Derek Parrish, you can say that about. I think DeAnthony Jones, you can say that about. they not a lot more.
0: One of the other players, I can't remember his quarterback, Clayton
1: Kuhn, his
0: final home game at the Houston Cougar, um, it was not as, it, it kind of came to, it's not the ending you would have imagined mm-hmm. uh, especially with the first half he put together. because Monster he first offense, half. He had for 256 passing yards in the first half, he had two touchdowns, and then, like you said, adjustments by Tulsa—they completely shut down Houston's offense. I think before they had uh, that final drive, Houston Clayton Trude had only thrown 66 passing yards um, over on that second half, which was a 9 day difference from what he did in the first half. He had that really bad interception where um, he was running out of time. Tulsa defenders were pounding him, and he still decided to try to—he tried to threaten the
1: needle. Was fourth out. down? And so it was fourth and six from the 21. He threw it. The, the worst thing that happens there is it's incomplete. If they catch it in the end zone, which they did, they lost a yard. I mean, it is not a big deal, but that isn't going to kill you. And no issue with throwing that ball. I don't love the decision to go for it on fourth down, but I don't think it's so egregious that you, you focus on it. I didn't like it. Dana said he didn't regret it. All right. He said
0: it was their philosophy.
1: Well, I understand it's your philosophy. But even if something is your philosophy, it doesn't make it right in every situation. And in that moment, was it right? I don't know. You missed a field goal. You missed a couple field goals in the last few weeks. It's been kind of iffy. If you're tentative because of that, I get it. But... It changes the dynamic of the rest of the game and not in a good way. And just
0: overall, in terms of what Clayton Tunis has been able to do as a Houston Cougar, how do you feel? And potentially, he still has one more game left. I don't know if we'll get into it, whether he decides to play in the bowl game or not. That's still yet to be determined. But just overall, what he's been able to do overall, he had that growth. He spoke on it. You mentioned the Zoom meetings during the week. He talked about, you know, he didn't really have the you know, very first joint here. Didn't have a good performance 18, 19, uh, 20. and then, in mean, 2021, he opened with a terrible performance against Texas Tech, where I believe he threw four interceptions, four interceptions. in that game, uh, but then being able to shake that off, turn around, and he put together a, a strong 2021, I know this season, after that Memphis game, and that fourth quarter of that Memphis game, the offense, and they were playing at a different level uh, for the rest of the way when they ended this season. How do you feel Toon's overall career?
1: be I think a lot of historians tell you you can't judge a presidency immediately. You've got to give it some time and let it simmer and then kind of come back to it. And I think Clayton Tune is that way. Like Greg Gord, you understood he was special and you knew it in the time. And Case Keenum is the same way. Other quarterbacks, Clayton, I never won a title. He never, Case did neither. Uh, he didn't have those signature wins, and numbers are fine. Numbers are good, but it matters a hell of a lot more if they come because you're you're piling up wins, and and part of that is the schedule. The schedule doesn't give him the opportunity for big wins. Uh, I just think it needs some time to marinate marinate, and see how it all shakes out. Um, I will say that the first time we really saw him was 2017 at the end of that year, uh, coming in against Tulane and then at Memphis and then Army with the 10 sacks. From who that guy was. And then even fast forward in the next year, when he comes in, he starts at North Texas. That is a completely different quarterback. Now, he's got more weapons now, but it's not like there's so many weapons that it makes it like Case Keenan We just had to throw the ball up in the air and all these great athletes were going to find it. But he's... I don't think he's at the top echelon. I don't know if it's the second or the third. He's somewhere. But... There's just not those signature wins to say I can determine, you know, what I think your legacy is. Not yet.
0: Oh well, no, that's a great point. And that's once again four. Also, it defeats Houston in the final four. Thirty seven to thirty, dropping Houston to seven and five and three uh, against American Athletic Conference on as a 386 as New York, two touchdowns. He didn't take two the But he did have that one interception. Thank you, Dale, is a correct stats? I'm not looking at Juan Cardo's end I mean, not catch 161 yards.
1: How many targets did he have? He
0: had 17 targets. In 17
1: targets. Game. He Just caught nine? Yeah. Yes, he caught nine. I think that's his worst percentage this year. He had a drops. He had a yeah, he had a couple drops. But um, I, I think that's, you can't put every target on the receiver you just can't but he did have some drops still a great game but the the numbers mask some issues late but that that you know you can say that about a lot of situations in this game and with this team look up here buddy look up
0: here Pajon hey Henry led our rushes with 54 net yards. I'm looking at it; it's just been a nobody ran
1: key. the ball tonight.
0: No, they did it not it's certainly not. It's not even Clayton Tune when it, I mean he had a but he was quickly um, he was quickly flying down. Um, a lot of times, the Dana talked about it. A lot of it was how Tulsa defended them; they were dropping eight, and really they were they gonna the fourth to go on long drive. Well, a lot of
1: so I, I mean a lot of teams have been doing that. They've been dropping eight. Um, and he was successful against a few of them and successful tonight for a little while. But you just didn't have the run game and and you had some drops. And that, that makes a huge difference.
0: We'll see what bowl game they draw. It was uh, disappointing to a disappointing season. But I know a lot of people are going to. Agree with that uh, statement, Sammy Vienna said, Losing the game, like using the blade of Mikela. I'm not sure, uh, the reference to that, but he's raging, so he's part okay. of the rage because I don't as get well, that either. Steven Henderson Steven said, I'm raging as well, so you do have a whole bunch of. We're friends,
1: gonna build this brands, brand, this raging brand,
0: we're gonna start raging now. Our next vet's rage, too, so it's the final regular season football game. We will be back for whatever bowl game they do, wherever that opponent is in December. But We, we will be back for Let's Reach for presented by the Sextonian family. is sponsoring the next post game, basketball post game show um, of Do you know States. who
1: the next opponent is? Yes, yeah.
0: it is North State.
1: And what is their mascot? I do not know. Oh, I see.
0: But they have play Tuesday, p.m. Yeah. inside of the Fortita. Center, so that's going to be for next next let's reach food are you going to
1: st mary's are you going to fort worth yes okay do yes. you know their mascot
0: st mary's
1: apparently i think they're the gales i could be completely wrong well, i think the gales.
0: to be honest whenever we saw or when I can't see golden flashes of some Golden flashes, golden flashes yeah which is an interesting that it was a lot of golden because then football team turned around to play the golden hurricane i know all the mascots of the american athletic Conference.
1: okay all right. and i bet you got the big 12. yeah most okay of them. Most, most of them, most of them. Yeah.
0: yeah but once again i do like to thank you for being able to hop on and being able to for over an hour, even despite the technical.
1: God, you talk so much.
0: Despite the technical difficulties, despite all the, I mean, really a lot of to rage about in regards to the football team, it was a good show. And hopefully, um, we have most of the screen. Hopefully, it doesn't look like that um, when we go back and see. But if we did it, thank you guys for who were able to stick around and the very listeners. listen to us. And if you're watching replay or the audio only version podcast, of uh, let's reach food on Fox, wherever you get your podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else where you may be listening. Thank you so much. And we'll be back Tuesday and final
1: If you're listening to the audio only, Andy and I are both six foot three and built.
0: Wow,
1: well,
0: okay, I build, I build yeah, on that note, <laughs> Once again, the final score, Houston. You're going to
1: ask for also, a seat change, aren't you? You're not going to sit next to me anymore. No. Yeah. OK. We'll make it work, Houston.
0: Austin's also 37-30, on to 7-5, on to 8-5-3, against the American Athletic opponents. And that is a bid for the final schedule for the Houston Athletic Football Team. Ever. That won everyone at conference, like in the American Athletic Conference. If it'll be the Big 12, so thank you guys for joining You us. know, the last
1: game of the Southwest Conference, U of H played Rice, and they called it the turning out the lights, and they had, like, a big light switch, and they turned out the lights, and, and they just turned out the lights on the American in not a very pretty way. Not at
0: all. We'll have a bowl game, so we'll see. We'll see if it pulls out that. <laughs>
1: Once again, if they lose that, I'm raging again.
0: Hopefully we'll have better signal and better Wi-Fi, but... Well, we'll stay tuned. Wherever they face, wherever they play, hopefully it is not a bad game. We'll,
1: well, there's no good bowl games in the American. You get the New Year's Six or you get total crap. And you're halfway down the total crap list. So it, it it's not going to be what you want. On that note, we'll see you through then. Cool. Rage.
0: we'll all rage raise yeah,